Welcome to Be Convinced, a show about sharing life-changing stories of hope. I'm your host, Soraya Diasi-Kofeld. I'm an Ivy League-educated lawyer, former judge, entrepreneur, children's author, and above all mother who is passionate about helping to improve lives and convincing you that there is indeed hope for a better future for ourselves and our children. It is my profound desire that after listening to each show, you will indeed be filled with hope. This is episode number nine. My guest is Lauren Baptiste, who founded Akaloa Wellness in New York City, which is a wellness coaching firm committed to helping professionals all over the United States reduce stress and burnout. She will share with us her dramatic story about how her illness and hospitalization resulting from stress was the impetus for her to change her own life and to now help others. Please stay tuned. I have always been passionate about the importance of reading in a child's life and how that opens up so many opportunities for a child to succeed. That passion led me to establish a nonprofit foundation as the Stars of the Sky Foundation to promote childhood literacy and to help our communities understand how important literacy is for a child to have a successful life. I write a new blog post every Monday, and my posts are on all sorts of topics about children and families because I want to assist and inform busy parents. Please visit the website as the starsofthesky.org to read my blog posts. If you're looking for the best gifts for children, my children's books make wonderful gifts. You can purchase them on the website as well. Thank you. Hi, thank you so much for joining me today for the show Be Convinced. And I have a very special guest, Lauren Baptiste, and she will talk to us about the very important issue of wellness. But before we begin talking to Lauren, I always like to start off my show with a quote. And the quote today is from Mahatma Gandhi. He said, it is health that is real wealth and not pieces of gold and silver. And we will be concentrating today or talking about today, health and wellness, how our health affects us mentally, physically, spiritually. And Lauren is very, very experienced with this. So welcome, Lauren. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thanks. Tell us a little bit about yourself, because I know as we talk, we'll get more into your background. But tell us a little bit more to whet the audience's sure. appetite. <laughs> Absolutely. So I am actually a former accountant. After working in corporate for over 10 years, I shifted gears and started assisting those working in corporate and helping them with their health and wellness. So I am now a health coach, an Ayurvedic health counselor, international speaker, and founder of my company, Akaloa Wellness. You're a very busy woman, and I'm so glad I was able to attend a wellness seminar that you gave to the VI Bar Association in December. And tell us, what was the most important challenge in your life? And it's your story. So I would like you to tell your story for us. Sure. I mean, of course, I think we can all say we have different challenges that look different and smell different. And even the same experience to two people can feel completely different. But one experience that I had that really defined me and my career where I am today is this experience of burnout that I had about eight years ago. And I was working 
a lot of hours per week. I think I was working probably 80 hours per week. And I was also working and traveling across the country every single week. So Monday morning, I was getting on a 6am flight. On Friday, I was jumping on an afternoon flight and all the hours in between I was working. So by the time I got home, I did my laundry, I just slept for a day, and then I recycled. And so although I was young and strong and able to do it, my body actually gave up on me, it decided like this was enough. And enough was enough. And the amount I was working was too much. And it actually ended me up in a hospital. And so that was my challenge. And initially, when I got to the hospital, ironically, you know, my boss at the time said, bring your computer with you. Um, Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's like a whole other like conversation for another day. But we could talk about it. But I'm like, honestly, I'm grateful for that person and that experience. Because it got me here. On that day when I ended up in the hospital, the doctor started, you know, giving me Benadryl and types of allergy medication thinking you must have eaten something. You must have why are you experiencing what you're experiencing? And then when I went to work the next day and my boss was like, "Well, what did you get done last night?" knowing and I emailed them at 2 in the morning that I had just gotten out of the hospital and I only slept a few hours before actually getting back to work the next day, I broke out again. I ended up back in the hospital again two consecutive days. And on the Did second you, day, I'm oh, go ahead. No. I'm sorry to stop you, but could you tell us what were the symptoms that you were experiencing? Sure. So I was actually experiencing a hives episode, which I had never experienced in my life before. So I had head to toe hives. I never had anything like that. I never really had skin challenges or anything like that. So that's why I think they assumed it was a food thing to start. And then the second day when I went there, it was a different doctor. And he had asked me if I was undergoing stress. And the obvious answer was yes, at that moment, right? Working so much, having a a tough team that I was working with, tight deadlines. And at that moment, he's like, all right, he turns on the TV, he turns on HGTV, like a home gardening, you know, simple, simple TV show. And he goes, all right, I'll come back in some time and we'll talk. And he left me for two hours. And by the time he came back, my hives were completely gone. And so- Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah. And from that moment, we had a complete conversation about burnout and he didn't even know like burnout wasn't in a diagnosable disease until May of 2018, but it was only then or 2019, I believe, but it was only, you know, then he had the foresight to know, I think you're undergoing stress and it'd be really good for you to figure out how to manage it a little bit better. And that was my decision on that day. Like, is this going to be my rock bottom or do I have to experience something worse? And that's what changed my life. So what did you do? Because you would have to make a tremendous career shift at that point. Right. And the first, of course, like in the moment on that flight coming home from, I was in Minnesota at the time. um, Where is your home? I'm from New York City. So I was uh, flying back from Minneapolis to New York City. And on that flight, you know, I was sitting there like, this isn't right. It was actually Valentine's Day. I had a date, you know, I was just wanted to get back home. But it took me a couple of weeks to really sit with like, well, what do I want in this life? And this is not sustainable. Clearly, you know, I'm a few years into my career and I'm ending up in the hospital. And then the bigger thing that over time I came to realize is I'm not the only one that's burnt out here. I'm not the only one experiencing episodes like this. And as I looked around left and right at my colleagues, I saw individuals experiencing anything from infertility, migraines, early onset diabetes, anxiety and depression. I even know someone who lost their vision for three days because they wouldn't stop working. And that became a really empowering thing to say something has to change and I'm not seeing an answer out there. Let me see how I can help. 
Yes. And from there, I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead. Yes. And that's where, you know, this journey began. I started with getting myself healthy. Uh, and then I started working with my colleagues one by one, just saying like, okay, how can I help you? Here's a couple of things that I know because I always had an affinity in health and wellness. How can I help you? And then you eventually established your own wellness company. Tell us about yes. that journey. Sure. And so it was, I guess, officially about three or so years ago, but probably unofficially, you know, now going back to like six plus years, I started Akaloa Wellness. And that's where I started working with individuals one-on-one. And then I started working within organizations. I felt that there needed to be two sides of this. We need to work with the individuals to give them the tools and techniques specific to them to help them thrive. But also we need organizations to really step forward and understand that in these challenging times that are getting more and more challenging as each passing day, we need to take responsibility as an organization to put an employee's well-being at the forefront and understanding, yes, it's a nice to have, but actually it does well for their own company. They'll have better revenues, higher margins, less turnover, and that's a win-win for everybody. Yes, definitely. And we've seen it in the legal profession, how attorneys are really suffering from stress and people think, oh, that's a stressful profession anyway, but It's just so much more stressful. And what do we get involved with but drugs or alcohol and abusing that and that really affects our clients. So I'm very glad that now we have a requirement that attorneys have to each year attend some type of continuing legal education dealing with wellness. And that's how, as I mentioned earlier, I was able to learn about you. And I just love the seminar that you gave us. It was not very long, but it really made an impact on me. And that's why I said, let me invite you on to speak about this very important issue, very important topic, and let others know about it. So you established your company. And Akaloa, what does that mean? It's a different name. (laughs) It's actually from Greek roots. I'm not Greek, but it actually, Akaloese was a minor Greek goddess who focused on women's health and eradicating stress. And so when I learned about her, I figured I had to keep her legacy going. And so I just shifted her name just slightly to Akaloa Wellness versus Akaloese Wellness. But that was that was the shift. Very creative and a wonderful name. Thank you. Tell us what did you learn from or by overcoming that very important challenge that you had to your health? One of the things, and, you know, if somebody even is listening to this who might be experiencing or in a place that they're feeling stressed, the truth is that the race to burnout is not a real one. We've set that expectation that I've worked the longest or I've done the most or that has no true finish line. There's no reward or trophy at the end of that. And so if someone is experiencing the symptoms of burnout, which we can talk about too, but if they're starting to feel exhausted, not feel themselves, starting to feel disconnected from their own health and well-being, maybe feeling some diseases of the body, which I like to call like small little symptoms that are happening chronically, such, um, as? such as, you know, even the heartburn, chronic heartburn, steady migraines, IBS, 
irregular menstruation, overwhelm. It doesn't have to just be a physical symptom. It could be in the mind as well. It could be our mental health starting to deteriorate or even just a detachment of who you are. If you're the person who loves to watch baseball in the spring and all of a sudden you don't care so much or you're starting to trend toward counterproductive coping mechanisms like a lot of shopping, online gambling, drinking, right? That's where... I would call it you're in like the second or the third stage of your stress or towards burnout, where it's important that you hear this and say, there is some, there may be something I can do about this to feel better, to come back to myself, truly. And I think one of the things that a lot of women, especially talk about during this period of coronavirus is gaining weight. And some of the comments that lawyers posted during your seminar, it was very interesting about eating chocolate and eating ice cream. Ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, especially women, that's one way that we try to cope with stress is eating sweets. So what you're saying is if we notice that we start to go into that direction, there is an issue that we have to deal with. Right. And it's an opportunity instead of saying like, you know, I think for a lot of women, we carry a lot of responsibility in our lives, whether just statistically women are generally the caretakers of children and parents and, and still trying to have a a standout career and, and all of that. And so, and men are affected by that too. So there is no really gender bias there, but in that case for women, it's an opportunity or for everyone, actually, it's an opportunity to say, not that I'm failing, but there's an opportunity to do better and it's better for yourself. It's better for your company. It's better for your family. It's just better. That's the shift as opposed to we often make ourselves feel bad about it. And then we keep eating more and then we hide the habit and then, you know, it becomes then counterproductive. Yes, very much so. What advice would you give to others who perhaps are going through the same stressful circumstances that you went through or others that you have mentioned? The best thing I can say is reach out to somebody for support. You know, depending on the severity of where you're at and what you're experiencing, it could be as simple as a book, or it could be as significant as therapy or or something in the middle, right? Coaching is a, a space in the middle where it's creating accountability and support and encouragement to shift out of that. But there are so many resources available. The beauty of even this podcast is something you can access and listen to and hopefully plant a seed in your heart and in your mind that I can do something small that can have a big impact. And it could be as simple as drinking water, right? We forget to hydrate our bodies. We neglect the little things day in and day out. And that's where those diseases start to form. And I really am glad you mentioned that because during the seminar, that made an impact on me because many times I think, oh, I have to set aside 30 minutes or an hour or make this big change or buy a number of grocery items (laughs) that I probably won't use very much. But you just said you start off with little things, just as you mentioned, instead of trying to make one big change, you start with the small things that are manageable. Can you give us any other types of small changes that we can make in our lives? Yeah. And for a starter, I would say 15 minutes. When I work with clients, I'll say, all right, here's the commitment. You need to give me 15 minutes a day. 
And if somebody can't make 15 minutes a day, I get it. I worked next to attorneys. I get it. But I will say, if you can't make time for 15 minutes for something, then it's not a priority to you, right? It's one thing if I'm saying carve out an hour, join a certain class at five o'clock, whatever that might be, but you can make 15 minutes in the morning. You could do it right before bed. You can do it on a commute, right? And simple, simple things, deep breathing, just sitting in one place and breathing deeply, listening to peaceful music, right? The one thing that we talked about in the seminar together was being really mindful of, of your senses and what you're allowing in. And so sometimes we'll watch the news and we feel kind of dirty afterward. And so instead, can you fill with uh, fill your ears with sounds that are uplifting, motivational podcasts, the sound of the ocean, something that just inspires as opposed to degrades? Yes. Doing that. Yeah, yes. go ahead. Yes. And it's just so important to start small, like you said, and commit to that on a daily basis, because things aren't going to change if we keep doing the same things over and over. That's madness. So just those little changes, and then we build on that, which are all manageable, like you said, if we can't set aside 15 minutes out of a, a 24 hours, then we're not ready to make the commitment. And we don't truly understand how important it is. So let us know if it wasn't for what you went through, all the symptoms and the hospitalization and going through that challenge, would you, do you think you would have ever established Akaloa Wellness? You know, I always was an entrepreneur. (laughs) I always knew I was going to start a business. I graduated college during the 2007 recession. So you can figure out how old I am. Um, But from there, you know, and I got a job in accounting. I followed a career in accounting because it was stable, but I knew in my life that I was always going to find something in entrepreneurship that would be of service. And I didn't know what it was, but until it didn't click until after this happened, this is it, here it is. And so that was where it took off from there. So maybe it would have taken a little longer to figure out, or maybe it would have shown up in a different way. But the path that I'm on now is because of the path that got me here. I didn't deviate from it or pass it up altogether. I felt it was really important to help hardworking professionals like attorneys, like accountants, like really anyone, frontline workers, right? In 2020, I did a lot of work with frontline workers because the medical industry is in a base of overwhelm and stress right now. And you know, I was able to show up for them, which was really nice work in 2020. Definitely. And I was going to follow up with a question. What type of persons and organizations do you work with? So generally, I do work with a lot of individuals and financial services. That's just my background. So I think it has a lot, it's very relatable, but it has expanded over the past year. You know, my even experience, I had been spending a lot of time working with women specifically, but even over the past year, working with men individually and realizing we're all going through the similar stresses. We might just handle it a little differently, but we can all work through it together. And that's what I learned by doing a lot of the corporate events too. It's not just speaking to one gender or another. It's speaking to the soul within the human that we all have, that we all are experiencing this moment together. And then we all have an opportunity to reach our highest potential. Yes, definitely. And when you refer to clients who are on financial services, what specifically do you mean? So it could be those working in banks, working in maybe hedge funds or private equity. It could be individuals, even that support those types of industries. So that's where like a lot of attorneys or accountants happen to kind of like fall in that space. But 
it has definitely shifted in the past year. So I've just been showing up for anybody who's experiencing stress and overwhelm and is looking for a little support. Yes, definitely. That's so true. And I went to your website and you write a weekly blog, which I think is great. And you cover so many topics and it's short, it's concise. So tell us about some of the things that you cover and why did you start writing a weekly blog? Yeah, absolutely. So it actually was tied to a weekly webinar or a mini class, I was calling it throughout 2020. And when COVID hit, initially in the beginning of 2020, I thought I'd do it for a few weeks, COVID hit, and then individuals were looking for community and they were looking for knowledge. And that's where I was like, you know what, I'm going to keep this going every week, every Wednesday in 2020. And so we had our series finale just recently, but it was a beautiful experience to talk about different things, spanning boundaries, work-life balance, building immunity, stress and pregnancy, so many different topics that honestly, the community would just ask me questions and then I would respond to it the following week. So it became a beautiful series that I got to take part in with, with the community. So will you continue the blog? I will continue the blog. It will be a little different. And so that's still in the works, but it will probably be, you know, bi-weekly or something like that. But I'm always looking and we'll share my information towards the end of this podcast. But if you have a question, you know, and it's not answered on my blog, that's where it's a beautiful opportunity for me to share someone else is experiencing the same thing likely. So any questions, any suggestions are always welcome and encouraged. Yes. And I know how difficult it is to write a weekly blog because I do that. I operate a nonprofit and it's very challenging (laughs) You have to come up with issues, but there's so many issues. And as I mentioned, I really like a lot of your blog posts because they're so on point and they're short. So very readable. So it's not as if you talk in this highfalutin language, you come right down to the issues and they really benefit us all, no matter what profession we're in. So why don't you let us know how you can be contacted? Because I'm sure there are people in the listening audience who may be interested to go to your website or contact you directly. Absolutely. So our website is akiloawellness.com. So A-C-H-E-L-O-A wellness spelled out.com. And you can email me too, hello at akiloawellness.com. And so those, I look at every single email. I look at everything that comes through. So your email will not be ignored. So please feel free to reach out. You can even on our website, if you check it out, you can schedule time with me if you're looking for a breakthrough session just to, to talk to somebody and figure out where am I at on that scale of burnout and how can I feel better? And I always make sure that you leave feeling inspired and you have something to work on. So maybe it's a book to read, like we talked about, or maybe it's just a simple recommendation that you can try. So a lot of clients or prospective clients like that, because it allows them to to feel into where are they in this whole thing and, and how can they get a little support. And we really appreciate it. You did provide us with some written material after the seminar. That was very helpful. And then the IBAR Association did send it out again to all of us. And how do you plan proceeding into 2021? Do you think that you will concentrate on individuals or groups or does it matter as far as teaching wellness? Sure. So I work with a certain number of individuals because the way that my programs are set 
it just requires a certain amount of time. And I make sure that I can support my individual clients fully. But I really do see in 2021, there would be likely a lot more corporate outreach because I think in 2021 companies were just trying to figure out what's going on before they can say, how can I receive help? But now that they've had a moment to pull together budgets for the new year, think about how are they going to support their employees? And to be honest, a lot of organizations either aren't skilled or prepared or want to actually facilitate, but they're looking for someone who can facilitate. So that's something that my firm does that we can fully support companies of any size, you know, companies that have 20 to 50 people, companies that have thousands of people, you know, and and just anything in between. And and it's been a really beautiful opportunity to step inside of a program and, and offer to them in that way. So I do see now that shift, but of course I always have my love and attention to individuals who I'm working with. So if there are companies that are just small businesses, for example, five to 10 people, you're still available to assist? Absolutely. There's the one thing that I learned, you know, in my background in consulting was that one size fits nobody. And so really just trying to create something that will work for them. Maybe it's a small program. Maybe it's just a a coffee talk. You know, there's, there's things that they can do. And smaller companies have been really fun because they want to be innovative. They want their people to stay and they want their people to do well. And so smaller companies have actually been really fun to work with over the past few months. And I see that expanding even further. So there is no size limit. I would always say, reach out, let's have a conversation and see what we can create together. So how do you put a program together for a company? whether it's a small one or medium size or large, how do you go about that? Yeah, I always start with an assessment. So I just get on the phone or a Zoom. I always love Zoom. The face-to-face is so beautiful, you know, to be able to have that exchange. Um, It's really just one human to another of how can I help? It's as if I was helping your family. I'm helping, you know, tell me about your family. Tell me about your business. Tell me about your company and your people and what do they look for? What do they like? And then based on that, in terms of where they're stressed or where their pain points are at, we talk about that too. And then from there, I can provide some recommendations of what might be helpful And so we have certain services that are available, certain programs, types of different in duration, different in experience so that they're getting the outcome that they want. You know, my mission really is to help focus on the sustainability of human capital. You know, we talk about corporate social responsibility and saving the environment, but truly until we save ourselves, nobody cares to even take recycle, right? Nobody cares to recycle or nobody cares to do that extra mile until they feel full in their own hearts. So that's my goal is to come into companies and create a sustainable environment where everyone can thrive. Yes, that's wonderful. As we're coming to the close of the program, what do you think is an important point that you'd like to leave with our listening audience? I know there's so many. (laughs) You know, I'm actually even reflecting on that quote that you said in the beginning from Gandhi. That's just so beautiful. The, you know, the quickest thing I could say is if you're sitting here and there's part of you thinking, should I reach out? Should I do something? The answer is yes. If you know that you're good, then you're good. You know, then you don't need this. But if you're listening and you made it this far and you're feeling something feels a little off or that piqued my interest, you know, reach out. It doesn't have to be to me. It could be, and and I'd happy to, if it were me, but even if it's not right, there's a loved one in your life, a parent, a friend, a mentor, a boss, a colleague. Don't fight this fight alone. 
that's what's going to make this really hard. And that's the difference between 2020 and 2021. Let's use each other. Let's uplift one another so that we can get through this together. Yes, that's beautiful. Why don't you give us your information again, your contact information website? Sure. So the website is Akaloa Wellness, A-C-H-E-L-O-A Wellness, spelled out, dot com. And I can be emailed at hello at akaloawellness.com. Thank you, you can so find much. me. Oh, yes. oh, I'm sorry. Continue. Oh, I was just going to say you can find me on LinkedIn and Instagram and all those other and Facebook and all those places too. But if you want to catch me directly, that's the fastest way to find me. Yes. Well, thank you so much. It's been wonderful having you. And I'm sure our listening audience has really learned a lot. So have thank a wonderful so rest of your day. You too. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on my show, Be Convinced, as we share with you life-changing stories of hope. As you wake up each morning, consider the impactful words of American poet Maya Angelou. This is a wonderful day. I have never seen this one before. Please visit my website at sorayadiasikofelt.com, where you will be able to read more about me and access my podcasts, which are all designed to give you a big dose of hope in just 30 minutes. Thank you.